0: On January 5th, Damon Linker wrote an op-ed for the week titled, Are We Witnessing the Fall of the United States? Little did he know, one day later, many Trump supporters would storm the U.S. Capitol. Right now, according to a poll, almost every single Democrat wants Donald Trump impeached and convicted. And almost every single Trump supporter actually wants him to stay president for four more years. I mean it's obvious the people who support him want him to stay president the people who don't like him want him gone and Trump's going to be gone Joe Biden will be president but in this poll they also found that 4 in 5 people polled in this country believe the United States is falling apart I thought that poll was interesting because it comes recently because we saw this op-ed from the week and there are many other think pieces talking about signs that the US is in decline You know, the famous statement, the famous idea that empires only last 250 years or so on average may or may not be true, but it's what people often say. It's now being brought up across social media. As people point out, the United States is just about 244 years old, meaning in only a few years we'll be at the average point of failure for an empire. Some people have pushed back saying America's not an empire, so it's not going to collapse, but it kind of is. I mean, we are stretched thin. We have military bases all over the world. We are we are spending money and we are printing money faster than we can spend it. And in this past year, in the past nine months, we've printed about 66 percent of all U.S. dollars. And by printed, I mean typed into a computer, but created. We're now hearing that Joe Biden wants to increase spending by another two trillion dollars, unprecedented spending at a time of extreme political turmoil. Violence in the streets. Think pieces coming out in the mainstream media about the fall of the United States. Maybe it's just pessimism. Perhaps. But do you know which country right now actually believes they are witnessing the the end of the United States? China. A new story uh, out from Bloomberg talks about how people in China are flocking to buy a 30-year-old book that predicted the decline of the U.S. We also have China's efforts to dismantle and destroy the U.S., and now potential threats of war. All of this is happening right now. The news cycle is inundated with Trump and Pelosi and impeachment and McConnell, and there's so much more that's happening. I read the story about Mike Pompeo not wanting to meet with China and threats of war, and people in China believing that they're witnessing the end of the United States, and this poll that just came out, and I thought to myself, Maybe it's true that we're really collapsing and I've talked about it before, but maybe it's not just about being it's it's not about being pessimistic. You can be optimistic. That's fine. But when I see all of this political turmoil right now over Donald Trump and I think about what's going on the international stage, as I've said several times, this is the worst possible time for internal strife in the US as China is imposing its will on the South China Sea, the the, uh, Pacific Pacific threatening Hong Kong and Taiwan pressing on uh, against uh, up against India there's real threats to the global stage with what China is doing and China's becoming desperate as well trying to import grains because well, it's trade war and they're lacking resources and they're currently in diplomatic conflict with Australia. that threat from China is very real. Now I'm worried about something called Thucydides trap as uh, which states, As one power starts to rise and overcome the dominant power, war becomes inevitable. There's only a few instances where it didn't happen. But maybe one thing that would prevent it this time is that the U.S. will tear itself apart from within. Let me read you some of these stories and tell you what's going on. And I want to lay out the more important news about China, why they think we're falling apart. And I want to show you things that, that are happening that I think absolutely... At least provide evidence. I don't want to say absolutely, but but, but at least provide evidence. Don Lemon on CNN recently came out and said, every single person who supported Trump is on the side of the Klan. It's that kind of rhetoric that says to me, there's no mending this divide. And maybe the people in China are correct about what's happening. It could be by their own hand. Before we get started, for whatever it's worth, head over to TimCast.com to become a member to support my work. I'm facing serious threats of censorship and restriction. Always have, but now it's real. Facebook recently restricted my page. I did a segment about uh, about it earlier. It'll, it'll be on the podcast for those listening. I need to build a core base of members who really do believe in my work and want to support me by being a member. We will give you access to members-only content. We'll, we'll, we're going to increase the amount of work we're doing. We're going to do live events at our studio where you will be invited on a first-come, first-served basis, which means probably really hard to get tickets. But look. If we end up with several thousand paying members, then it's not like winning the lottery. It's just like buying a ticket. And you might actually be able to get here, come hang out at our studios with our guests and watch the live show in real time. So becoming a member is the most important thing you can do, especially considering everything that's going on. Not that I'm uh, super confident in what's going to be happening in the future, considering four in five say the U.S. is falling apart. And this is from The Hill. That freaked me out. If you like my content, subscribe, hit the notification bell, hit that like button. And again, go to TimCast.com and become a member. And let me just stress, if I really was 100% convinced we were doomed, I wouldn't be asking for your support. I'd probably just turn off the cameras and then start building a bunker or something. But I'm not prepping for the end of the world. I just think what we can expect to see now is the back end of the bell curve. What does that mean? Well, the United States rose up really high and we hit our peak. And now we're coming down the other end. So for the time being, things will probably be probably be chaotic. It will be, you know, getting worse, but it's not going to be like you're going to wake up tomorrow starving to death. I think it's just going to be the beginning of the dark times. For too long, we in this country have been living in a golden age. It's been beautiful growing up without a care in the world. I mean, we've had, you know, we had certain serious terror attacks on our soil, but for the most part, Americans are spoiled, fat and happy. They've been becoming increasingly enraged at each other as tribalism tears everyone apart because of social media. But it's because we have no purpose. There's nothing for us to do. We've conquered the elements. We have too much food. We're all mostly overweight. And we're not happy with how good things, uh, how, how things are, even though we've had it better than ever. Here's the story from The Hill. They say approximately four in five Americans say they believe the U.S. is falling apart, according to a new Axios-Ipsos poll released one week after the deadly pro-Trump riot at the U.S. Capitol. The poll, which included interviews with more than 1,000 adults from Monday to Wednesday, found that most respondents either strongly or somewhat agreed with the statement America is falling apart. At the same time, a similar proportion of those surveyed indicated they're proud to be an American. The poll, which reported a margin of error, about 4.6 percentage points, was released the same day the House voted along bipartisan lines to impeach President Trump for his role in the Capitol riot. they go on to say, well, there is overwhelming support for Trump's removal among liberals and moderate Democrats, with each at 92 percent. Ninety four percent of those who identified as the president's supporters disagreed, and 66 percent of traditional Republicans opposed the move. Among Trump supporters, 91 percent backed the president's continued challenge of election results. We are six days away from Donald Trump no longer being president, and 91 percent of his supporters still want him to fight to stay in the presidency. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying the tribal lines are solidified. So call me pessimistic, call me a doomer or whatever, or blackpilled, whatever you want to call it. I think it's realism. I'm not making up these stats. It's coming from the hill. When I when I started looking into this, I saw that study and I said, How many people truly believe this? Is it true what they're saying? And I find this story from the week. Are we witnessing the fall of the United States from Damon Linker on January 5th, one day before what happened? I wonder what this man is thinking now. He's probably written about it. Now, his perspective is very anti-Trump. He's critical of Trump. Trump is corrupt and all of these things. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you who is right or wrong. I often do. And you know which side of the line I typically fall on. But just think about what people are thinking. Think about what other people might do. And then from that, make a decision about what you should do. What I'm saying is so long as Trump supporters are claiming Joe Biden is compromised and he's corrupt, and so long as the, you know, so, so long as Trump supporters are saying that so long as anti-Trump people are saying Trump is crooked and compromised realize that both sides believe basically the same things, are accusing the other of spreading fake news and are now at the point where they don't like the police and the establishment. And, well, we're on the verge of some very serious conflict. I think we're already in it. Civil War territory. Trump supporters literally stormed the Capitol building. Call it whatever you want. He goes on to mention The president lost a free and fair election two months ago. The voucher goes are counted, but he's still insisting it's fraud. He said, if we saw this happening in another country, we would conclude that the man who for the next two weeks occupies the nation's highest office is mentally unfit, aspiring tyrant. When this is combined with the events queued up to unfold in Congress on Wednesday, when at least a dozen senators and as many as 140 of the House of Representatives are prepared to object to the congressional certification of Joe Biden as the winner, we are left with a vision of a country in which a large portion of one of its two major parties is prepared to countenance an unconstitutional and anti-democratic power grab. Forgive me, but didn't the Democrats do this for the four years of Trump? What's happening now is completely predictable, completely. We saw what they did to Trump with this investigation. We saw the lies and the smears. We saw the, the wasted money and the desperate attempts to accuse Trump of secretly working for the Soviet KGB. I'm not even kidding about that part. That, that was on MSNBC. Why would they even float that idea? It's not starting now. And to be honest, it didn't start with Donald Trump. Trump is a symptom of not the cause of. But we can see the lines, the fissure has become so intense. The sides are separated and will not mend. And I, I talked to so many people years ago, now three years ago. This is 2018, man. I was talking to conservatives and I said, I'm worried about a civil war. I was talking to former friends of my. Uh, I was talking about friends of mine formerly. What uh, when I uh, let me let me fix that phrase. I was talking to friends of mine that work for Vice. I was formerly employee of. So former coworkers, and I warned them this was coming, and they didn't believe me. I didn't say it should. I said. When you see the cracks in the ground and the split, what do you think is going to happen? Should I just assume at some point we're all going to come together, hug and then build a bridge across this divide? I don't. The hatred is too pronounced. It's it's just getting worse every day. I mean, AOC, the things she's been saying, the fact that I have to criticize her for saying it is just another sign of the division between me and her, her 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 position on the ground and the other side. They'll complain about Matt Gates and him propping up Trump's delusions or whatever. Fine. I'm not going to look. You guys know that I actually think Joe Biden is crooked and where I fall on this and all of my content. But right now, the point I'm trying to get across is that doesn't matter in the bigger picture. It does. Don't get me wrong. OK, what I'm trying to say is if we're looking at what may be the collapse of the U.S., whether we want it to or not, I think it's a terrible thing considering China's a very serious threat and we need to come together to prevent that. Just look at how people feel about each other and where we ultimately go, which brings me to this story from Bloomberg from just yesterday. A two thousand five hundred dollar book on U.S. decline is suddenly a must read in China. They say after chaos engulfed in, in the U.S. capital last week, some Chinese intellectuals found themselves searching for copies of an out of print book to make sense of events. America against America forecast the U.S. decline due to domestic conflicts more than 30 years ago. Among the things driving demand was the author, Wang Huning, the Communist Party's number five leader and top political theorist to three Chinese presidents. Some copies have surged to more than 16,600 yuan, $2,500, on Kung Fuzi, an online marketplace for antiques. That's more than 3,000 times its original asking price in 1991 when Japan was more widely seen as America's biggest economic rival. The interest in the book is the result of a renewed desire to understand a U.S. that is in the midst of a civil cold war, said Wang Wen, executive dean of Renmin University in Chongyang Institute for Financial Studies. China's doubts about the U.S. will certainly increase in light of recent events. The Capitol Hill turmoil... Is being read in Beijing as the most powerful sign yet that societal fissures in the U.S. are uh, behind increasingly erratic foreign policy shifts. That's feeding Chinese apprehension about reaching agreements on trade or other politically charged disputes with President-elect Joe Biden. Aris uh, Roussinos, I'm probably pronouncing your name wrong. Uh, Aris is a is, is an academic and journalist, and he wrote recently about uh, Europe breaking away from uh, American entanglements and interests. And uh, I don't want to pay, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but the general idea, I think, is there that Europe needs to separate itself from the U.S. for obvious reasons. Now, in my opinion, I get why people would feel this way, either in China or, or Europe. The U.S. is completely unstable. We have legitimate personalities talking about uh, secession. We had John Podesta, top Demo- one of the top Democrats, in a war game scenario published by the Boston Globe, was advocating for the West Coast to secede from the Union. Now we're hearing people just say peaceful divorce. No surprise, other countries are saying maybe we should back away from the U.S. Now, it's not surprising to me that China feels this way. I think China has been one of the key facilitators of the conflict. Take a look at this. NASA scientist pleads guilty to lying about China ties from Reuters. A senior NASA scientist pleaded guilty on Wednesday to lying about his ties to a program that encourages researchers to develop relationships with China in exchange for grants The DOJ said on Wednesday, Maya Mayapan, 66, of Pacifica, California, entered his plea before U.S. District Judge Kevin Castle in Manhattan. Prosecutor said "Mayapan, Mayapan participated in the Thousand Talents Program, a Chinese government program to recruit people familiar with foreign technology and intellectual property and held professorships at the University of China in South Korea and Japan. He concealed his work from NASA and U.S. Office of Government Ethics and falsely told investigators on October 27th. He was not a member. He lied. China has been recruiting people in America. They've been stealing intellectual property, stealing research, and subverting our internal politics. I believe that this is fifth, fourth and fifth generational warfare. China is doing a really great job of destabilizing this country. So it's no surprise that they're now saying the U.S. is in decline and it's collapsing. This was a story that really freaked me out from a couple days ago. U.S. says Mike Pompeo won't go to Taiwan after Chinese state media warns such a trip may trigger a war. Is that it now? U.S. interests will not meet uh, in Taiwan, U.S. officials, because they're scared of China? Yup. So where does that bring this country to its knees? Taiwan is in serious danger. Recently, there was a large protest in Taiwan in support of Donald Trump. Why? Why? Well, Joe Biden's foreign uh, transition team includes some individuals who have praised the growth, the economic growth of China, and defended them in some very serious international incidents. Many people now believe that in the event that China seeks to reclaim Taiwan, storming its beaches, Joe Biden will do nothing to prevent it, and that a Joe Biden presidency will be weak and allow China to finally grow, expand, and dominate global politics, pushing the United States under China well before anyone expected it would happen. Now, some believe that uh, Joe Biden himself is actually compromised. Tony Bobulinski, a family confidant of the Bidens, said he was. And the Bidens did fly to China, Joe Biden and his son, on Air Force Two government property for a private equity deal for Hunter Biden. This has people freaked out, and it contributes to the absolute conflict. South China Morning Post says spokeswoman tweets that Europe tour will be as final as Secretary of State and says China's nervous panic diplomacy is unwarranted and dangerous. Global Times commentary said Beijing's response would be overwhelming if Pompeo visited Island after lifting restrictions on official contacts. I don't want war. I want peace. I want calm. But China is an authoritarian dictatorship with concentration camps. So what do we do? Does the United States just roll over and accept their role in our, in, in, in our conflict? like the internal conflicts we're facing? Do we just accept that they've been subverting our academic institutions with the Thousand Talent Program? Can we even do anything about it at this point? I don't know. You know, let me show you this from the American Conservative. We knew it was coming. The last stage of empire is now, from July 8th, 2020. They said, over the holiday weekend, the U.S. turned 244 years old. Time flies. Time flies. But is this old for a nation? Do nations have lifespans like organisms? Aren't ideas and principles immortal? It's natural to speak of our nation as something that will continue indefinitely long beyond our mortal existence. But a crucial distinction must be made. America was a nation in 1776. Today, she is an empire. Therefore, one could ask, do empires have lifespans? Fortunately, the British Army officer and scholar, Sir John Glubb, pondered this question in a short essay titled, Fate of Empires and search for survival. He goes on to say, A contemporary of T.E. Lawrence and another British soldier scholar, uh, a soldier scholar popularly remembered as Lawrence of Arabia, Glubb commanded Transjordan's Arab Legion from 1939 to 1956. An inquisitive, humble mind, his experiences and interest in history led him to recognize patterns in the rise and fall of empires. His studies revealed that, like organisms, empires flow through stages of creation, growth, maturity, decline, and death. Glubb tracked each of these phases and found remarkable similarities between empires as diverse as the Roman Empire and Republic, the Ottomans, and the Persian Empire. Independent of race, creed, institutions, or geography, the estimated average lifespan of dozens of empires of the last three millennia, about 250 years. He says it isn't hard to recognize Glubb's general pattern of imperial progression in the American story. The good news for conservatives is that the American empire as it currently stands is coming to an end. The bad news is yet to be written. What will become of the empire as it disintegrates, and how will it affect the seed nation? Perhaps, as Glubb intended, we can learn from history and avoid the worst possible fates. There's some pushback on this idea, because they're not talking about the, uh, the age of nations. There are empires that exist today. Well, I should say there are nations that exist today that were part of empires that continue to thrive and exist, and many of the relics of that empire still exist. I mean, you can go to Rome. Rome still has tremendous power, but the Roman Empire ended a long time ago. The UK still has tremendous power, way less than they did at the height of the British Empire. The US will exist as a nation, uh, perhaps, but many of the people who live in these places, the states will likely persist. The question is, how long has America been an empire, not a nation? If empires last 250 years, how long do nations last and when did America become an empire? That's more of the optimistic view. It may not be collapse, it may just be turmoil, or it may lead to the violent throes, death throes of an aging empire. Perhaps what we're looking at is, the, you know, I, I was reading a, a, a Daily Beast article that said this is the failed, uh, it was a failed conspiracy from, I believe it was called uh, a guy named Catiline, the Catiline Conspiracy. And they said in Rome, before Caesar, there was an attempt. Once Caesar saw this. Came into power, he realized the corruption in the Senate, and then you know he crossed the Rubicon. I don't think Trump is Caesar, and I certainly don't think he's Hitler, as Mike Cernovich said. He's a Kardashian. But what if there's someone else watching right now, seeing what's going on, and we do get the rise of some individual who decides to be the emperor to cross the Rubicon, a strong man, not Joe Biden. Maybe Joe Biden is so weak that he leads us to the arms of a strongman personality who reforms this great nation, the Republic, into the first global empire. I'm kidding. It's a Star Wars line, but you get the point. Maybe we're not really collapsing. Maybe we are. China seems to think so, and there are threats of war, and there have been for some time. Americans seem to agree we're falling apart. And this narrative is kind of scary because governments are built on confidence. If four to five Americans believe this country is collapsing— and they're losing confidence in the government. And the government doesn't exist. It's an abstract concept that exists in the minds of the people. If people don't feel confident in their currency and their jobs, why would they want the currency or the job? Right now, most of law enforcement and military, in my opinion, fall in line not because of a sense of duty, although many do. I think most just need a job. And they're probably watching the suffering and the homelessness, the evictions, the, the, the inability to make money from the average person in the lockdown, thinking, I don't want to be like that. But as the money supply is just massively expanded, take a look at this chart. The M1 money stock, it is now what? A 70% increase? Seven. What is it? 66 to 70% increase in nine months from, uh, well, almost a year now, almost a year now. From the beginning of February 17, we saw the massive spike in the M1 money supply. Some people don't think M1 is all that relevant and doesn't correlate properly because there's other standards, M2 and M3. But M1 is the actual, like, liquid money of this country. We've not seen anything like this before. This mass, mass printing of money. Combine that with the lockdown, and what can you really go do? I don't know about you guys. I'm in the middle of nowhere. And I've sat down with my friends, and we've talked about, want to go do something? What can we do? Nowhere to go. Can't go to a bar. Can't. You can sort of go out to eat in many places, and that's still kind of okay. No malls, really. For the most part, the lockdowns are getting worse. We went out to the middle of nowhere, but you don't need money to go to the middle of nowhere. So nobody really spent anything. If you don't need the money to buy things, why do you need the job? I don't know. Let me show you some things that lead me to believe that we are facing collapse. First, we have this story from Vice, the scientist who predicted 2020's political unrest on what comes next. They say in 2012, Vice published an article titled... 2012 is BS. 2020 is when we'll really be in trouble. They looked at the Arab Spring. And then this researcher said, based on certain metrics, it looks like 2020 will be extreme political unrest. I don't think he outright said the U.S. would collapse. But the idea was still there. Data existed that made it predictable. We see this. Don Lemon. Trump voters are on the side of Klansmen, Nazis and the Capitol rioters. Dan Crenshaw calls the remarks truly vile, but incredibly Predictable agree with with Don Lemon, disagree with Don Lemon. The fact is he's telling us right now the divide will never, never be mended. Never. Like I showed you in the beginning, Trump supporters, 91 percent, want him to continue his efforts to stay as president. And Don Lemon said, if you're not with us, you are against us. Message was heard loud and clear. Olympic swimmer, Cleet Keller, charged taking part in breach of Capitol building. An Olympic swimmer, a prestigious title. Uh, What is he? A medalist, isn't he? Five time Olympic swimming medalist has been charged in the riot. This is not some slack jawed yokel. It's not Cletus from The Simpsons. It's not some random, you know, a cross wearing redneck. It is an Olympic medalist competed on behalf of these United States and won a medal five times. He's charged. That's crazy. What about this? Two Virginian police officers charged in connection with the Capitol riot. People from Virginia, actual law enforcement storming the building. Now, how about the craziest? Capitol cop allegedly wore MAGA hat and directed pro-Trump mob around the building. He and a second officer who posed for a selfie, allegedly with a rider, have been suspended. At least 10 being investigated after assault on Capitol. And there are reports that one cop was actually arrested. What happens when you have a Capitol police officer in a MAGA hat supporting the people storming the Capitol? The lines have been drawn with all that money being printed, with the ideological divide going so, so, so uh, becoming so obvious that even police officers are engaging in the riding at the Capitol. Why would they give up now? I've repeatedly and routinely called for peace because you do not want to experience a collapse. I have seen it as a visitor to some countries. And it was a privilege that I, that I, as an American, could escape, as many people couldn't, in Egypt when they gunned people down, when the military came and just got rid of the dissidents because it was destabilizing the nation. You do not want the violence. But if the collapse is real, and these people in China are correct, and I fear for what's to come for the people of this country, and I hope people have been taking precautions to the best of their abilities, and I hope we get through these next ten, uh, these next six days, seven days, peacefully and calmly. But it's 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 about more than all of this. Joe Biden's proposing two trillion dollars of extra spending at a time when the deficit is skyrocketing and the debt is at an all time high, and the and the debt to GDP ratio is is one hundred and thirty percent. Political clashes in the streets, people fighting each other and and calling for violence. I, uh, uh, I moved up to the middle of nowhere a while back. I built a van, a bug out van. It's just a, a RV to be completely honest. It's a, it's a recreational vehicle. That's all it really is. I built it because you never know. And it was, I believe, 2018 when I was on the, Joe. was it 2018 or was it 2019? I can't remember. It's been so long. Wow. Since I was on the Joe Rogan, uh, uh experience talking about censorship and what it will lead to. I think it was early 2019, right? And at the end of the episode, I said, I'm building a van. Because if you keep doing what you are doing on Twitter with this censorship, it will result in violence and, and chaos and, you know, maybe even civil war. And people laughed. They were like, ah, it's so funny, Tim's so crazy. What a crazy weirdo. How funny. Since then, I've gained millions of subscribers my channels grew to, I believe, the biggest political commentary, over 120 million views over a few months. And uh, I think people were listening. And the funny thing is, it's not, it's, it's, it seems to be mostly run-of-the-mill regular individuals. The staunchest of Trump supporters have routinely criticized me, and they especially do now, because I say peace and uh, persuasion and 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 resource is the key to winning a victory these days. But many... Many don't want to hear it. So I get these emails and they're scary. Let me show you the funniest and truly nightmarish sign of the dark times are coming. Macaulay Culkin throws support behind calls to have Trump Trump cameo edited out of Home Alone 2. That's what Stalin was doing, editing people out. The censorship bureaus were moving people. That's creepy stuff, man. You don't have to like the guy, but come on. He existed. So what do we get? this is where we end up, history being erased, street names are being changed. People are storming the Capitol. I don't care which side you're on. It's just here. It doesn't matter if you think you're right or wrong. Maybe you think you're right. That's fine. I'm just saying. (laughs) Whatever is happening is happening. Take a look at the external perspective, that of China. The the people who are rushing to the store or, or online to try and buy this book. Because they believe the U.S. is collapsing. Interesting. I hope you're all safe, calm. I hope you all spend some time with loved ones. Have a nice bite to eat. Go out. Find a place to get some of that delicious food. Do what you can. But I also recognize that many people are already destitute because of the lockdowns. So there it is. If you want to argue that the political decline is just normal political strife. And that it's not the worst we've ever seen. That's fine. But the lockdown and the money printing is completely unprecedented. Completely. I hope we pull out of it. I hope we survive. I hope we come together. And um, I'm not sure we will. It's not pessimism. It's just realism. That's it. I I guess you could say maybe it is pessimistic, but four and five Americans think we're falling apart. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl where we will discuss more of this, expound upon these ideas, and uh, probably laugh a little bit more. So again, check it out. Check out youtube.com slash timcastirl Subscribe now. Become a member over at TimCast.com and we will see you at 8 p.m. live. Thanks for hanging out. Donald Trump has now been impeached for a second time. And why does it matter? What's it going to do? I suppose if it actually makes it to conviction in the Senate, Well, this is their attempt to stop Donald Trump from being able to run again in 2024. And that is really dirty politics. They only brought one article against Trump, and it was incitement of insurrection. And that's the play. If Trump gets convicted for insurrection or incitement of insurrection, then the argument is he can't run again because the 14th Amendment, Section 3, I believe, says that anyone who's levied insurrection or sedition or whatever against the U.S. can't hold public office. That's their plan. Well, Republicans are pretty mad about it. State Republican parties blast members of GOP who voted to impeach Trump. It was about 10. I believe it was 10 members of the GOP who voted to impeach Donald Trump. And now we're hearing Marjorie Taylor Greene says she will introduce impeachment articles against Joe Biden. I'm not playing this game. I'm not. I'm I'm so over this back and forth, but I get it. I get it. The divide in this country is so insane that we actually have prominent personalities asking about what they would call a peaceful divorce or secession. Now, to me, that seems kind of crazy considering the threat posed by China. But maybe it's exactly what China needs and wants the U.S. to rip itself apart, because I don't see a way out of this. I really don't. I mean, think about it. Donald Trump wins the presidency. He was a fairly moderate uh, candidate. He was considered to be like a 90s Democrat. He pulled the Republican Party slightly to the left on a ton of issues. And anybody who tells you otherwise is not being honest. Even Vox.com wrote, I believe it was in 2016, that Trump was moderate. Well, here we go. They can't let the other side win by no means. And that means they will use the impeachment process and cross their fingers for a conviction to prevent Trump from even from even being able to run again. You know, a lot of people have talked about term limits. And I've had some good conversations on the Timcast IRL podcast, check it out, by the way, where uh, some people said, if you want someone in office, you should be able to have them in office. And then, you know, the term limits won't necessarily solve that problem. It will take away good politicians. And I'm like, but we have more bad career politicians who get elected based on the party. Well, the general idea is, If the American people say we want this person, it shouldn't matter, you know, uh, ultimately. But I guess there have to be some limits. The Democrats seek to exploit the constitutional process to make sure they never have to worry about going up against Trump instead of actually running against him, which is insane. I guess they realize they got lucky this time around and they won't be able to constantly pull this off because the country probably will rip itself apart. But I don't think it matters. I think the fact that we're seeing Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, saying she's going to introduce impeachment articles against Biden shows the country's being ripped apart. No longer will anybody just sit by and be like, I'm going to live under the rules of of the other side. And the reason is the ideological divide has become too pronounced, too extreme. When you've got the cultural and social issues that the left and the right don't agree on reaching this point, then you'll get people saying secession, Because they don't want, you. look, there are people who want to fight for control of DC and then impose their will over the rest of the country. There are people who want to fight for control of DC to stop others from imposing their will over the rest of the country. And then there are people who say, how about you just leave me alone? My favorite thing about all of this is how the left says the red states will be third world countries without, you know, the blue cities. And I don't think a single Trump supporter cares. I really don't. So you're talking about people. Who, for the most part, live in rural areas anyway. You're talking about people who've already had their jobs stripped and taken away from them anyway. You're talking about small town America where the factories left and went to went overseas. Yeah, maybe now because of your policies, the free trade agreements, which also included the establishment Republicans of yesteryear, maybe because of that, they'll they'll they, will, they, will, they uh, these these states will turn into a third world country. I don't think they care. I don't. I think they want to be left alone, have their freedom, and do what they have to do to survive, and they're willing to accept that personal responsibility. I think the left probably realizes how much weaker they will be without the middle American cannon fodder to load up into their war machine. Now, there are people from cities and suburbs who join the military. Of course, I'm not saying, I'm just saying it would dramatically reduce their capabilities for warfare. So they're probably not too happy about that. But look, when Donald Trump got elected, they claimed he cheated. They claimed it was Russia. They were convinced. They were adamant. They knew for a fact Pulitzer Prize winning stories were coming out. And I'm just, I'm so over it. I've seen the, uh, the, the, the some evidence of the fraud. It's never been proven in a court. But here we go. Are we now going to play a game for a couple of years where these people leading that fight are going to bring cases and charges and investigations? I would say Yes. I would say yes. But the reason I'm going to say, well, the reason I'll say probably won't work the same way is that the left clearly controls cultural institutions, the media, and has institutional power. And that means that the mainstream media will dictate exactly what happens and why it happens. And anybody who says otherwise is a crackpot conspiracy theorist who needs to be banned from social media, which is what they're doing. When Donald Trump won the Russiagate narrative, which was psychotic, like literally insane. You had a dude going on MSNBC being like, Donald Trump may be an asset of the Russian since the 80s. Never mind that was during the 80s, Russia was part of the Soviet Union. They still believe Trump is a holdover of the Soviet KGB. Great. That was allowed. That was always allowed. Then they won Pulitzer Prizes for it. And it all turned out to be psychotic garbage. Just insane nonsense. Well, what happens now? Anybody who dares talk about voter fraud gets purged. You're gone. You are removed. And that's it. Sometimes they won't tell you why. They'll just take down your channel and say, you know, here's here's the, you know, you're just gone. And others have been threatened, like a, I, think, I believe it was Cumulus Media, Westwood One Podcasts, told their hosts that if you say the election was stolen, they will sever you from the company immediately. So think about what that means for institutional power. And what's amazing here is that the Cumulus Radio stuff, this is conservative. I mean, they have, they have Ben Shapiro. He's, the, he's like one of the biggest podcasts in the world. I believe he's number one in politics. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they consider like New York Times politics. But one of the global top podcasts in news politics and just all time. And they're telling him what he can and can't say. Now, mind you, Ben Shapiro's never been a you know, far you know, fringe conspiracy, the election was stolen kind of guy. He's pretty much a run-of-the-mill traditional conservative, so that's probably no big issue for him there. But think about what Rachel Maddow was allowed to get away with, the psychotic things she was allowed to say, or Jonathan Chait, the guy who claimed Trump was part of the Soviet Union or whatever, (laughs) a spy asset for the KGB, the Soviet KGB. That's Chris Hayes' show. Look at what they're allowed to get away with, even to this day, justifying the Pulitzer Prizes they won. I'm sick of this. I got to be completely honest. I will read this in a second because, you know, Lindsey Graham is now saying, like, what is going to happen? Are we going to go back and forth just impeaching everybody nonstop? Yes, bro. Don't you get it? Talk about these spineless people. You know, I don't know what the answer is. I don't have all the answers, but I can tell you this. This doesn't lead anywhere. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to now just start reading the same thing and being like, here we go. This time they think it was that. They think it was this. This past week, longer than a week, has been the same story on repeat. Over and over and over again. And I'm just not interested. You know, over the past weekend, I mentioned this before, I I did half as many segments as I normally did because I'm just looking at the news cycle and I'm like, for one thing, people need to calm down. The other thing is just they keep saying the same things every day, the same thing. These news organizations are becoming desperate. They're terrified about what happens after Trump. They'll have nothing to write about. Well, maybe it's time y'all start looking. Now, I get it. You know, I'm uh, a... Uh, What what I do on this channel is bring you the top uh, or I should say on my channels is I try to bring you the biggest story and then provide political commentary, my opinion and some context and some fact checking to all of that. When the news cycle is dominated by just two people screaming at the top of their lungs, then I have no idea, you know, what's the point? I'm not going to I'm not going to come here every day and just be like, in today's segment, here we go. Now they're going to impeach Joe Biden. I get it, man. I'm no fan of Joe Biden. I uh, supported Trump for a variety of reasons in that near near the end of 2020. It took it took Trump that long for me to finally be like, yeah, OK, it was the encroachment of the left. It was critical race theory. It was Joe Biden's insane policy proposals. It was the fri- uh, fringe uh, insanity of the riots. I mean, I'll tell you this. The catalyst for me really was the riots. No, no joke. When I saw uh, what was going on, when when the riots got near my home. When my family was panicked, I was like, we cannot have a Joe Biden presidency because he is going to embolden these people. Not that he's actually doing that good of a job with them right now. They're kind of angry. And therein lies the problem. They've, he, he promised them things. You know, he was supposed to have a meeting with Black Lives Matter organizers. Never did. I believe he never did. He was supposed to, you know, the progressives thought they were going to get these key positions. That's not happening. And so I can only see that they're going to be increasingly angry. But there's something something interesting that uh, Joe Biden's talking about this national security you know, domestic terror act. And now the left is starting to wake up to, oh, wait a minute. So I'll, be, I'll say this. OK, you know, maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. Is Joe Biden going to try and throw him some red meat just to hold him at bay? Or is he going to crack the, the truncheon over their skulls while he does the same to the Trump supporters and any populist who dare oppose the establishment? I suppose we'll see. Let me read a little bit about Marjorie Taylor Greene, explain to you what's going on. They say over at the Hill, Newly elected Rep Marjorie Taylor Greene on Wednesday said she plans on filing articles of impeachment against President-elect Joe Biden on his first full day in office next week. During an appearance on Newsmax Wednesday evening, Greene, a vocal supporter of Trump, said that she is planning on introducing a measure to impeach Biden on January 21st, one day after his inauguration. Quote, I would like to announce on behalf of the American people, we have to make sure our leaders are held accountable. We cannot have a president of the United States who is willing to abuse the power of the office of the presidency and be easily bought off by foreign governments, foreign Chinese energy companies, Ukrainian energy companies. So on January 21st, I will be filing articles of impeachment on Joe Biden. Green did not specify what the articles might charge Biden. Well, I mean, she just brought up China and Ukraine, so I think we have a general idea. But Green in the interview cited an argument advanced by several Trump allies in the final months of his reelection campaign. That while Vice President Biden threatened to withhold a loan to Ukraine, if then Prosecutor General Victor Shokin was not replaced, that's a fact that literally happened. Joe Biden bragged about it. It's kind of crazy that they've tried gaslighting everyone into saying it's not true. It didn't happen when there was a video of Joe Biden. I believe it's at the Council on uh, what is he? Council on Foreign Relations meeting. And he's like, I told him you're not getting the billion dollars if the prosecutor's not fired. And when am I leaving? Six hours then you're not getting the money. And they said, you can't do that. I said, talk to the president. Well, son of a a B, he got fired congratulations. He was just bragging about tit for tat. Go like the president. They, they This is what they said when Trump was talking to Ukraine that, you know, that he threatened to withhold aid or whatever. Biden literally did that. And they said the president, you know, it's only Congress who can appropriate aid. Then Biden did that. So sure. Fine. Impeach the guy for it. I'm not kidding. I mean, wh- what he did was wrong and he did it in his capacity as vice president of the previous administration. He can still be impeached for that. So I don't know if she'll impeach him as being president. But the China stuff is also damning. So here's what we get. We are going to get an attempt by each side, every step of the way. We had it for the past four years of the Democrats saying we must remove Trump. Do you know how many times they tried to impeach Trump? How many times they introduced articles of impeachment? It was like several. Okay, he's been been impeached twice, but I think they introduced like five or six times articles to impeach Trump. The only issue is that uh, at first Republicans controlled the House. So it never worked. Trump said in 2018 if the Democrats take the House, they will impeach me. And he was right. The first thing they did, the first thing they did when they finally had the House was impeachment. So you know what's going to happen. I can predict it. Come 2022, Republicans take back the House and then they impeach Joe Biden. And then maybe we'll see. I mean, there won't be a conviction in the Senate because you need 67 senators and it's just not going to happen. I have no idea how how we get through this. You know, I, I, I really was very, very close to just calling it for today. And I am I'm actually heavily focusing now on the Timcast IRL podcast, something that's just I don't know. Getting up every day and seeing this stuff, especially right now, is just just it's, it's literally the worst. I get that people are angry. I get that the Democrats were angry and I get that Republicans are angry. And there are some serious questions about what we've seen with, you know, potentials for fraud and Joe Biden's legacy as vice president. They accuse Trump of doing a lot of corrupt things. And when you when you step back and you at you try and ask yourself which side is right, You'll hear the same arguments from both sides. Now, as it turns out, the mainstream media tends to be lying about a whole lot and exaggerating everything that that is that Trump did. And then you'll see that they tried impeaching Trump like they got ready for impeachment. They were planning it before he even got elected. Guess what? Now uh, or before he even got in office. Now they're saying the same thing about Joe Biden. And what am I supposed to say? That's that's appropriate. I mean, honestly, I hope that this country flourishes and does better with Joe Biden as president. It's amazing to me that we went through four years of Trump where they were claiming that he was a fascist and that we were moments away from total dictatorship and Nazism. And now Joe Biden is is the herald of communism. And I'm just like, you know, look, it's not to say that anyone's right or wrong. It's to say that this escalation is getting higher and higher. And the more it, it grows, the more it sways uncontrollably until it falls apart. Maybe a better example, it's like a Jenga tower that's this country. And one by one we have pulled out blocks until it's struggling to stay afloat. It's very top heavy and on the verge of collapse. Can we really do another 4 years of this country where we accuse the president of being the herald of some kind of authoritarian nightmare who's corrupt and selling out this this nation? I don't think so. But um I got to tell you this. Uh look, where I fall on the issue is that I think the accusations against Biden are more based in reality. I mean, we've got the stories, we've got the uh, uh, Bobby Alinsky, we've got Biden on camera. The worst thing we have about Trump is that he's Trump. I mean, that's it. The things they were complaining about uh, uh, Trump early on was that he was bombastic and offensive and and, and said nasty things. But a lot of it was based on fake news. My God. God, they're saying the same thing right now. The left is saying the fake news conspiracy ecosystem. Here's what I see in all of this. I believe it is a waste of time for us to go the route the Democrats went because, for one, not only did the Democrats fail miserably in their attacks on Trump, attempts to remove him, he, he's finishing out his term. Not only did they fail. But they also controlled the cultural institutions. How are Republicans supposed to be at anywhere near as effective as Democrats were, even though they weren't for the most part? They were able to jam Trump up, block his term. But how are Republicans supposed to go up against that when they have no cultural institutions and they're getting banned left and right? It only gets worse, which is why I keep saying strategy, persuasion, resourcefulness. The key to winning this political battle is creating things is building things is persuading people is inspiring people it is generating resources it is going home and figuring out ways to make money i get it it's really really hard right now that's the that's that's the way you win having access to resources and if you spend your time focused on this they're they're, they're tricking you into the wrong and on, onto the wrong battlefield you need to be accumulating resources making money building things and making a podcast or making videos or or making art, something to inspire young people. Comedy is one of the best ways to to change people's minds because it's funny. It makes people feel a, a, as part of something. And that's what people want. They want to cheer. They want to laugh. They want to feel included. That's the way you persuade people. Now, by all means, if, you know, their legal challenges, I'm not saying stand in the way. I'm, no, of course not. Joe Biden did something wrong. By all means, Marjorie Taylor Greene can introduce her impeachment. But I'm just looking at this like, I'm going to step back for a second and watch what's going on and, and, and see what I see. And then the left and the right are, are, are adamant that they're correct. But I'll tell you this. During Ferguson, I remember uh, the, the, the rioters had started leaving and the police were sweeping the street, you know, just driving down saying, disperse, disperse. And then I looked around this crowd and I realized everyone there was a journalist. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to cross the street. And so I crossed the street by myself with just a, it was me, like me and a camera guy. And I looked across the street. What did I see? The only people left that were standing in the way of the cops was the media. The police were were yelling, disperse. And the journalists were walking slowly back with their cameras. And I started laughing. And I said to the camera guy, film that. (laughs) That's so stupid. And then the police actually went, media, we are talking to you. You must disperse. But these journalists don't care. They're vultures. That's why I don't like this. That's why I don't like the idea of just spending a week talking about the exact same things over and over and over again. And that's why if tomorrow, you know, uh, or even later today, I might just just focus on the IRL podcast because we can have conversations. We got stories about UFOs to talk about. But the news cycle right now is a scared, pathetic, desperate media organism that knows they're about to have nothing left. It's like that day in Ferguson. Once the rioters were gone. And they had nothing to film. They just filmed the cops. That was it. And there was nothing going on. But they wanted those photos. They needed to sell something, right? It's kind of crazy. Uh, another thing that I've, you know, I've mentioned in the past is firefighters wishing for fire. It's, a, it's something I, I was told by some firefighters. It's an idea that you know, your job as a firefighter is to save people and to put out fires. But what happens when there's no fires and it's been a week or whatever and you don't do anything? Eventually, you start crossing your fingers saying, oh, I hope there's a fire today so I can go out there and do my job. And that's kind of horrifying. And that's something they realize. These vultures don't. They're just going to keep scratching, scraping the bottom of the barrel as wood chips start flying out because there is nothing left to scrape. And so that means for everybody, get back to what you were talking about before. This news cycle was insane. And, you know, look, there's there's some commentators who have kind of been off the radar for the past week or, or a couple of weeks or a month. Some have started new channels and I don't blame them. I really don't. Because what what, what am I going to do? Am I going to do another video tonight? Like, oh, you know, impeaching Biden? No, maybe I'll talk about cultural politics again and go back. You know, for the longest time, the trailer for my main channel, Timcast, was talking about the generations and uh, our generation having no responsibility. The general idea was you're the left and the right. The left has both, you know, uh, factions have no purpose. So the left created their purpose. They they became activists and social justice warriors so they could fight their great fight because, you know, it's like that line from Fight Club. We have no great war. What you know, we all told us we're going to be astronauts. And now we're realizing that's not true. Rock stars and astronauts. And that's what I think a lot of millennials are are, and Gen X. uh, I'm sorry, millennials and Gen Zers are experiencing. There is no great war. There is no greatness. And that's Life. You're not going to be the most famous. You're not going to be a rock star. There's not going to be the Great War. But they want it. They want purpose. They want meaning. They want adventure. So the left finds it by social justice, fighting and screaming and getting those, those victories. And the right, not really conservatives, this is not conservative or liberal argument. It's tribal argument, the, the, the tribal right faction, which actually is economically left in many ways, uh, found it through video games. And they found it through, uh, you know, uh, well, initially they didn't have purpose, but they found it in combating the wokeness. And so you ended up with a culture war. That's why Jordan Peterson was so effective. And that was the purpose of my, my, my channel trailer for like two or three years to point out that when Jordan Peterson would say, find the heaviest thing you can carry and carry it, that gave purpose to people. We need purpose. The purpose can't be whatever this is. It needs to be generating, creating new culture. Our culture has been stagnant for too long. We are we're listening to the same Christmas music, watching the same movies. And now you have a culture war between people who want to just tear it all down and people who don't. Make culture. They're, they're, listen, it's, it, it's curious. You can stop the destruction uh, you know in some analogies when the left comes and says we want to destroy the culture and rebuild and change things i think the solution is if they want to take you know a, a character like iron man and make iron man a young black woman which they did i don't care i i, I personally don't i like iron man but iron man's a really really old character I love the Marvel MCU stuff. I'm not too thrilled with where things are kind of headed right now. We'll see. WandaVision seems kind of weird, but maybe I'll check it out. Mandalorian's all right. I think people are overhyping it. It comes down to this. If the best they can do is take the old things and just change them into woke stuff, then you need to make new stuff. Look at Jack Posobiec. He made Agent Poso. It's, It's hilarious. And the left, like, mocked, like, they were trying to make fun of him. Like, not realizing that it's literally an over-the-top, uh, you know, caricature of himself as a special agent. It's funny. It's entertaining. It's a comic book. Make stuff. Make things. If you're upset about all of the stuff that's going on, then you need to challenge it by being a prominent, inspirational voice and doing cool things. So that young people watch what you're doing and they say, when I grow up, I want to be like that. Imagine this. As the Daily Wire... Uh, as The Daily Wire makes movies now, they have Run, Hide, Fight. It looks really good, actually. Really well produced, which is surprising for conservative outlets because they've not done a great job uh, in the past. It's always been, you know, kind of low quality. This one looks really good. Imagine this. 15 years. There's some, you know, 18-year-old kid. He's three years old today. And they're like, you know, where do you want to go to school? And he's like, well, I really want to get into film because I'm, I would love to work for Daily Wire Films. A conservative company. A young person growing up seeing these movies and saying, I really want to work for the Daily Wire. Wouldn't that be something? That's how you do it. Right now, if conservatives are just focused on the now and not the future, then there won't be conservatives. And I think that's very much why the left has been so effective over the past several generations. They focus on children and schools, and they're doing it now. So there you go. School choice is big. That's a good political fight. But ultimately, I think you need to make content for kids that's not extremely political. Just new superheroes, new powers, new adventures, new heroes' journey, new inspirational content, new movies, and just normalcy. This is the most important thing. You don't make a movie where the main character is like, gun rights are important. And we must protect life and God at all costs. So that's, that's, that's on the nose. What you want to do is just make good entertainment. And then people will want to be a part of your culture because it's fun. It doesn't have to be preachy or over the top. Though the left has always done this in their content for the most part, the right can do it subtly, which is why it's interesting when you see Run, Hide, Fights trailer, a trailer opens with this young woman uh, and, and, you know, her dad is teaching her how to fire a gun. Things like that. It's not preachy. It's not over the top. It's just content. And it helps create culture and worldview, and that's the fight that needs to be happening right now. The stuff happening in in the impeachment, I don't think it goes anywhere. I think it's a it's a it's a it's, a, it's just an, uh, a dead end. I get it, but if we go that direction, then eventually we just start fighting each other, and that's already been what's happening. So in the end, I think everybody should draw pictures, make art, make movies, make music, make podcasts, and make more content. I get it though. You have a challenge with censorship. Well, that's the other piece of the puzzle. Build things. Look at Gab. Amazing. They've built their own infrastructure. They they imprinted, they, they've archived Donald Trump's entire Twitter account. Do that. Start it, You, you want to find something to do? Figure out how to start a DNS registrar. Figure out how to start a web hosting company. Then you can provide servers to the likes of Gab and other platforms and stop the banning. That's the fight. The culture you need to build. Build infrastructure. Start companies. I know it's not easy, but I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up, maybe at 1 p.m. We'll see. And uh, maybe I'll talk about UFOs or something because I don't care. Look, I don't care about view count. I never did. I care about what I think, what I think is important. And uh, I'm going to make videos that I, that, that, that I always care about. We'll see how it plays out. You know, I care a lot about politics. It's always been my thing. But right now, I'm not going to sit here and say the same thing over and over again. Impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. So there you go. Next segment will be at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. I will see you all then. I'd like to give a special shout out to everybody who keeps saying, Tim, you're never going anywhere. They're not going to ban you. You're too tepid. I mean, come on. My opinions are nowhere near as pronounced as, say, Steven Crowder or Tucker Carlson. And so many people keep saying it'll never happen. And then it did. Facebook has booted me out of their monetization program for the simple fact that I covered what happened on January 6th. I was waiting to see why I had been restricted, why I had had monetization removed on Facebook, And they didn't give me a real reason. It doesn't say anything other than violations of community standards, of which there are none. And so I did some digging. Uh, I've reached out to Facebook. We'll see what happens. And it turns out that the video I made telling people what was happening during the riot on the Capitol was removed. There was no calls to violence. In fact, there was denunciation of it. There was no nudity or profanity or anything like that. It just didn't matter. I think Facebook is panicking because now they're being attacked by the media. We have the story from The New York Times, how Facebook incubated the insurrection. Right wing influencers embraced extremist views and Facebook rewarded them. That's right. There's no uh, difference between covering a story and supporting it, I suppose, or the individuals involved. And that's been a view of the left for some time. Now that the media is coming after Facebook and they're panicking, I'm hearing reports that many pages have been purged. We, we recently heard that Ron Paul himself, the patron saint of libertarianism, had his access restri- uh, removed entirely. He can't even post. Now, as for my page, I can still post. I just can't monetize because it's like the only thing they've ever claimed I've done wrong. But there are other problems with Facebook and there are other problems with social media that aren't being addressed. And I actually am glad to see that uh, Facebook is being called out as the actual platform used by people to organize when they went to the Capitol. Big, a, a big narrative right now in the banning of Parler is that people were organizing or posting threats. But Parlor CEO points out Parler doesn't have any way to actually organize anything. It's just microblogging. Well, they got banned because people were trying to make those claims. Facebook, on the other hand, had groups, has uh, uh, you know pages where people were posting and commenting and planning. And that's what happened. Now, I don't uh, because of this, a lot of people are getting banned. I don't think Facebook singled me out. That's because it, it doesn't really make sense. I think Facebook is just in full on panic mode and removing everybody. So I'll tell you what, if you want to support my work, considering bans are going to be ramping up, I mean, listen. They're announcing they want to digitally remove Donald Trump from Home Alone 2. And apparently Macaulay Culkin's in on it. Like he's saying it's good, good thing. No, no, it isn't. Erasing people in history is a bad thing. So listen, it is likely going to hit me again. I didn't get struck, uh, stricken from the monetization on Facebook because I did anything wrong. They're just purging wrong think. There's no real violation of the guidelines. They just said, this guy talked about it. He covered it. We can't have it. Get rid of it. On Instagram, people are getting banned and censored for sharing photos of Trump speaking, for sharing news like clips of what happened. Facebook is freaking out. So I got swept up. Let me tell you, though, Facebook is a broken system entirely. One of the worst and most useless platforms that exists right now. And it's kind of crazy because they're the big dog, right? My monetization of Facebook never worked anyway. I didn't get any money from posting videos in the first place. So there was never really an incentive for me to use the platform. I just passively posted there. Considering they've taken this action against me, I've requested a a review saying I've broken no rules, toast, Svensson, or Tim Pool. And they said, we don't care. I'm like, okay, well, then I I won't use the platform, which I'm sure they're happy about. But this breakdown doesn't lead to good places. Right now, as Twitter purged, 70,000 people they claim were either QAnon or QAnon adjacent or related. The left said they purged Nazis. Anybody banned by Twitter as a Nazi. So Twitter banned leftists. Are the leftist Nazis? Apparently so. That's the narrative they're pushing. I'm not going to use Facebook. Uh, I'm not going to post to it anymore. So make sure if you want to support my work, you go to TimCast.com and become a member. I'm going to do my best to create a standalone website where you can get the podcast, TeamCast IRL podcast, and members-only exclusive content and come to our events. I've been planning this for some time, should have got it up a lot a lot sooner, but the, the, the ban hammer is coming, and it's coming for everyone, even people like me. So many. It's remarkable how many conservatives message me saying I'm wrong, and I need to be supporting Trump and all of this stuff, and I don't, and I get flack from the left and the right, mostly the left, to be completely honest. But even I'm going to get banned. It's going to be only CNN all the way down. Well, I mean, CNN might fall apart, but it's going to be venture capitalist supported mainstream media. So if you want to support my work, TimCast.com, become a member. I know I know, people have emailed saying there are some issues with the site. We just launched it on Monday, so we're still working through the bugs. And you, are, we're setting up an email for members so that you can, uh, if you're having issues, we'll help get, uh, get you all through this. And that's why we haven't yet put up members only content. It will be up soon with our podcast guests from the from, you know, our, our studio, as well as any potential just behind the scenes content and coverage. Timcast dot com. Look, I mean it. Uh, I'll tell you, I've said many times, if I get banned, I'll probably just take my van down by the river. And I mean it. What am I supposed to do? Fight this massive Stalinist regime? It's 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 not so easy. I am doing everything I can to preserve freedom, liberty, uh, the, uh, constitutional values, individual rights, and everything. And a lot of people, uh, I think, need to realize strategy uh, involves winning people over and being persuasive and pushing back and building culture. So it's been a big focus of what I've been working on. Now, if I do get banned, I will not be able to—if like, if I got banned from all the big social platforms, I wouldn't be able to maintain the Tim IRL show. I could probably keep doing this show. This show is lo- lower cost. And that's why I'm trying to set up TimCast.com and encourage everybody to donate. Let me just stress, there are some podcasters, and they tend to be leftists, and the leftists give money. And that means they're insulated. They don't care about getting banned. They don't care about the things they post. They know that if they got banned, that it, so what? They got 50,000. There are some people who have thirty to 50,000 people giving 10 bucks a month. They are set for life, and they say whatever they want. So I want to make sure I don't have to worry about getting cens- uh, censored that we can post members only content that is uncensored that is you know got going to have all the swears and be more uh, less family friendly and less worried about getting banned and the only way we do that is if a large portion of those who like my content and support my work decide to become a member I'm not saying you have to it's greatly appreciated I'm trying to build that wall to insulate my uh, ability to produce from the banhammer that is invariably going to start hitting everyone. I don't think, I don't know if YouTube will ban me, but they might, they absolutely might. Facebook's reaction, in my opinion, has more to do with the fact the New York Times is coming after them and they knew it and this is what you get. The New York Times is now saying Facebook incubated the, the insurrection. Much more interestingly, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook is actually denying that the organization took place on Facebook when it did. Now, look, they've tried saying over and over again that YouTube is a rabbit hole and that you'll watch one video and then all of a sudden you're watching tons and tons of videos, and that's actually not true. It's been disproven. YouTube is an echo chamber. They're echo chambers of varying ideas and opinions, but they don't radicalize you. You just... Like the rabbit hole theory doesn't make sense because the idea is that one day arbitrarily you get fed a video that's that opposes immigration and is far right. So you click it and then all of a sudden you're inundated with the content. No, people search for it and then YouTube keeps you in an echo chamber. That's a problem. But on YouTube, you can't directly share. It's all it's all fueled by YouTube's algorithm. On Facebook, shares are done by people. And that means on Facebook, you can make content saying share it. And you're guaranteed instant access to other people's pages and platforms because the shares do work. Facebook has been the problem. The reason these big tech, these, these news organizations weren't calling Facebook out for a long time is because it was where they got their traffic. They didn't want to call out the machine that was making them money. You could probably say the same thing about me and YouTube, I guess. But I looked at the actual data. There's numerous studies that try and claim there's a rabbit hole, but they don't even understand what any of the politics is. And they claim that like shoe on head, who's basically a socialist, was far right in one of the latest studies. An actual breakdown of channels and recommendations shows it's not it's not true on, on YouTube. It's just not. There are people who like conspiracies who watch nothing but conspiracies, but that's echo chamber problems. And it is a problem and it needs to be called out. Facebook is a radicalization engine. People will post uh, police brutality videos. They'll get shared rapidly and then everyone sees it and they go crazy. That's happening now. Let me bring you to, well, one of the more shocking stories in all of this. And I got to tell you, man, more and more, I feel like I'm becoming an anti-social media proponent or uh, something needs to change in this system. Patch.com reports, trolls wrongly accused retired firefighter of Capitol riot murder. Retired Chicago firefighter David Quintavalli was grocery shopping and celebrating his wife's birthday in Chicago during the Capitol insurrection. They say the retired Chicago firefighter from Mount Greenwood, whom social media trolls called a terrorist and accused of fatally wielding a fire extinguisher that killed a cop as a mob of Trump supporters stormed the Capitol, was grocery shopping. Uh, Patch has learned. Twitter exploded. Twitter exploded with unsubstantiated claims Tuesday that Quantavali, who retired from the, from the fire department in 2016 after 32 years, was the bearded extinguisher man. It wasn't true. It wasn't true. But Twitter banned Donald Trump instead, and they, and they said that his statements were, were dangerous inciting citing violence. Twitter is applying this principle of, of uh, weighted power moderation. The idea being that if you're famous, your speech is curtailed. Trump is, is has a lot of followers. Therefore, what he says has a lower threshold, a lower tolerance of deviation. So Trump could say something like, I think people should march. And they'll say, well, you know what? That's too close to calling for violence. Whereas a small individual, one of these people on Twitter can say, this guy is, you know, this this person is this name. Go do your thing. Literally saying it. Look at this. Twitter, do your thing. What happened? The next morning, Quantavali made a trip to Home Depot, a self-proclaimed paperwork hoarder. He says he has receipts, receipts to prove his whereabouts, and they provide it to the FBI. I got a phone call from a friend who said, you should see what they're twittering about you. Some woman from British Columbia showed the surveillance picture of the guy wearing the CFD stocking cap and a beard like I've had and file footage while I was protesting the city inappropriately scoring the fire the fire lieutenant's exam and said, this is the guy. And the ball started rolling. Everybody started saying, here's the guy. The unconfirmed reports quickly spread. Soon, social media filled with details about Quanta personal life, including his appearance at a walk to support CPD rally in Mount Greenwood in August to support his namesake son and Inglewood district police officer who still lives at home. By Tuesday night, he started getting angry phone calls from people saying he's a effing murderer. He belongs in jail. TV news crews were outside of his home. Chicago police dispatched a patrol car to keep watch overnight. They were saying, oh, but look, his kid is a cop. This proves it. On Facebook, I have had false flags by a fake news organization called Lead Stories. Lead Stories is a small publication that is hyper-partisan. They are leftist. And what they do is they seek out people they don't like politically and falsely apply labels to their content claiming it's fake news. They've done it to me directly twice and indirectly once. One of the posts I made was about Epstein being on Bill Clinton's plane And in the ledger, and then what they did was they applied a false label to it and then claimed that it was not true when, in fact, it was completely true. And everybody knows it. My reference was actually their own source. It was falsely applied. I didn't post that tweet, though. Uh, So I tweeted it and then someone screenshotted it and put it on Facebook. I then had a story where I talked about the Republican elector slate, where I explicitly say in the video that this is an unofficial slate and potentially meaningless, they applied a fake news label to it. This caused problems on my page. Facebook then deranks it. They then applied the fake news label to another piece of content where I said Republicans claim there's a disproportionate amount of votes in Pennsylvania. I went on to say we don't have the full data. Doesn't matter. They falsely applied a label to it, destroying uh, essentially my Facebook page. Well, that in combination with reporting on what happened on the 6th? This is the problem of current social media. My content, which is using all NewsGuard certified sources and is, to the best of my ability, factually true and correct, though I do get something things wrong, uh, is deranked, slashed, excised. But random people on Twitter are allowed to post insane nonsense targeting random individuals with harassment, and Twitter lets them do it. They absolutely do. Right now, I have a very serious issue with Twitter trying to get some content removed. They won't. and It's a very serious, uh, I, I, I'm not, it's not a direct threat, but it is a very serious threat against me and my family, and they will not remove it. They won't. And therein lies the serious problem with social media and why I think either we regulate it outright or we get rid of it. People have said it's our best hope and our biggest problem. And so I don't know how, how you weigh this, but maybe we're better off with just websites With people having websites, you know, look, you can still have an independent media channel. Maybe we're better off with a decentralized network of people of of communications. But Twitter is a problem because there's no direct way to stop certain things from existing. I guess you could theoretically target the individuals, but defamation suits tend not to work and doxing is perfectly legal. So what happens then is because we're all on this social media platform, certain opinions and speech are targeted say, Donald Trump, and then insane threats are fine. Facebook actually incubates the insurrection according to the New York Times, but Parler is the one who gets banned. My page gets a false flag put on it because news changes. So I report a story saying, here's what we know so far. They come back later and they falsely flag it. Nope, because we learned later you can't have old stories anymore on Facebook. That's the name of the game. And there's, uh, there's no way to defeat Uh, At this point, I'll tell you, I I almost feel like it's completely pointless, Uh, and that's why I'm an advocate for, uh, advocate, right? Well, I should say, I don't want to say I'm an advocate for, but I'm starting to lean towards, maybe we just get rid of 230 outright. No joke. None whatsoever. You know, Trump was calling for it, and I said, no, that'll destroy uh, social media, but the problem is, as someone correctly pointed out, it's already been destroyed for half the country. You can't even express yourself. So if we're having this radicalization engine of Facebook, radicalizing people, on the right or on the left, then it's not helping anybody. And if we can't control it, then, you know, if we can't be fair and control what's going on, then why bother having them? And I understand that's true for YouTube as well, which is why I set up TimCast.com, which is why at this point, I just, I kind of feel like it's all just going to fall apart. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm going to save this probably for later, but that's where people feel we're going. You know, this guy is falsely accused, and his life is targeted and destroyed, and Twitter doesn't do anything about it. Why? Well, it's true. These people have a right to accuse the guy. And the thing about what's happening on social media, you have a constant pitchfork mob, torches and pitchforks, mar- pitchforks, marching around, smashing things and screaming. Well, they have a right to express their opinions. If someone said, hey, I think this is the guy, if someone said, if this is the guy, that's all it takes random people then believe it's true. They don't care about fact check and they don't care about what's true and they roll with it. The problem now is Facebook empowers these same kind of people to go and destroy businesses on Facebook. So, I don't know how we 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 resolve that problem by playing into it. Jack Dorsey recently came out as with uh came out with a statement that I can only describe as evil. Really really evil. Um I'm not, uh, I I don't use that word all that often, but I do sometimes. And I've always been very, I don't know what the right word is, but uh, I, I believe evil in a sense is subjective, but there is something that there are things that we do find to be universally universally evil. Things that fly in the face of the human shared experience, right? Like killing is wrong. You know what I mean? Now there are varying degrees to what people are willing to tolerate in terms of how they view killing, but the outright walking up to somebody and ending their life every single person would be shocked by. So I do believe that there are things that are evil. Jack Dorsey has routinely claimed he wants to help people and he believes in free speech and he wants a decentralized internet. But what he's really doing is spitting in your face. The reason why I would say it's evil is only so much can you suppress a group of people, a a, a particular ideology, while allowing threats of extreme violence and harassment And then tell everyone, but we're doing our best. We have to stop Trump. Oh, the problems. It's a dangerous precedent, but we're here to do the right thing. Oh, those people who have been organizing violence and destruction for a year, we're not going to stop them. That's what's evil about it. Jack Dorsey is standing guard over violent, terroristic terroristic extremists who have been burning down buildings and destroying things. And he doesn't care. He likes it. So then he comes out on Twitter and he says, you know, it's a very difficult thing. And what he's really doing is he's whitewashing the real problem we're facing, that his platform is used by extremists on the left to facilitate violence, and he won't stop it. And Facebook is used by both the left and the right, the extremes, to facilitate violence, and they won't stop it either. So what's the what's the answer? Make them responsible for the content. If they're going to selectively police content, make them responsible for it. Would the New York Times agree? Maybe getting ready to such two thirty is the right thing to do. I can't say for sure because I don't know ultimately what will end up happening. But you know, look, I, I I kept telling people it's only a matter of time before they they ban me. Facebook was the first to do it, and I didn't even break any rules. It's just that a hyper organization that doesn't like me has been trying their best to get me taken down, and it's working. But more importantly, I covered. On January 6th, while the riots were happening, I made a video telling people what was going on and saying it was crazy. I covered the news. And that was it. They took it down. You're not allowed to talk about it. You can't show photos. You can't show videos. And so they took it down, and they restricted my page. It's not banned, but I'm not going to use it. It's not just about this. It's about the principle. It's about the fact that I'm fed up with Facebook allowing hyper-partisan, far-left ideological actors to shut down businesses, to target the likes of Ron Paul and PragerU. Opinions aren't allowed. So here we are. It's going to keep getting worse, but I do feel like everything we're seeing is leading ultimately to the downfall of, 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 this, of this country. You know, They want to impeach and convict Trump because they don't want him to be able to run again. I have to wonder where we're headed if you look at history and you look at um, World War II and what happened to to, to Hitler, a, a truly despicable and disgusting and one of the worst human beings ever to exist on this planet. There was an attempted coup. He was imprisoned, and then he came back. Censorship didn't stop him. There needed to be something else. But the left can only do what the left has always done. When people don't learn from history, they're doomed to repeat it. So they're doing the same things that I fear will bring about something truly fascistic. And I I fear that you will actually start seeing the persecution and prosecution of groups like, I mean, look at New York. The Jewish community is being targeted by Cuomo and de Blasio. And where is the left to say, stop? They can only do what they've always done. Parrot themselves every single time something like this happens. And the people who are smart and try and challenge and, and, and are challenging it are the first to get purged. Jack Dorsey is a, is a bad person. I really do think so. I think he is an extremely selfish, self-censored, egotistical, authoritarian. And uh, I think he's he's in many ways worse than Mark Zuckerberg. But there are some benefits. Twitter allows some content that other platforms don't allow. So I will chalk it up to sort of the banality of evil. He thinks he's the good guy doing the right thing, but he's doing really awful things. And he's allowing extremists to commit acts of violence and get away with it. More importantly, I should say this, you know, I should probably go easier on on Jack because he's a figurehead. He really doesn't control Twitter at all. So in the end, he's just the guy trying to calm you down while his people are burning everything down. This country is in trouble. And uh, we'll see how things go. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast, my other channel. Check it out and I will see you all then.